0: The Asian Canadian and Asian Migration Studies program would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional, unceded ancestral homelands of the Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil waututh First Nations. Hello and welcome to the ACAM podcast. We hope that this podcast can be a way to continue building connections between ACAM students, staff, faculty, and community partners, while also providing our community members with a platform to share similar work they've been doing during this time. I'm your host, Isa. Today, we've got an episode from the vault. Although this was recorded this past summer, the topics still feel as relevant as ever. Our guest this week is Driselle Riffel, events coordinator and campaign lead at Sliced Mango Collective, as well as the previous peer-to-peer summer program leader at Collingwood Neighborhood House Society. We sat down with her to chat about strategies for community organizing, social media as a useful tool for advocacy, and the importance of accessible summer programs for youth. Let's take a listen. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Yeah, um, my name is Joe salva I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm a second-generation Filipino immigrant based in so-called Burnaby, and I am an event coordinator and ca- um, campaign lead with Slice Mango Collective. And as the
0: Asian Canadian and Asian Migration Studies program, we're always interested in hearing about people's experiences with migration. So can you tell us a bit more about your and your family's migration story?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think something that second generation folks may be able to relate to is that feeling of distance and that experience of not having a direct um, like, experience with migrating from a different country. So my family, My family immigrated or my parents immigrated in the early 90s, my dad came here for work, he was one of his first first siblings um, to come to Canada and then gradually he and his other siblings began to sponsor other family, family members to come to Canada here. And then my mom actually didn't come to Canada until she married my dad because she worked as a nurse abroad in the Philippines and then also in Saudi Arabia. And so she came here gradually when they decided to get married. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much the extent of my migration story.
0: Mm -hmm. And can you explain what sliced mango is for our listeners who may not be familiar with it?
1: Mm -hmm. So sliced mango collective is a group of youth with the goal to facilitate a sense of belonging for Filipino youth in so-called Vancouver. The main ways that we do that is through events focused on art and culture, and just creating an opportunity for youth to create to connect with their roots.
0: Mm-hmm. And how um, was Sliced Mango Collective started?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm an event coordinator. I'm not one of the founders of Sliced Mango Collective. Um, South Mango Collective was founded by Kathleen and Claire, two lovely human beings who saw a gap um, in what was offered for Filipino youth in Vancouver. And so they also have a passion for art with their background in music and writing. Um, and they really want to create that space to connect their interests um, in art and culture with their passion for creating space for Filipino youth and for them to explore their identities and so they created a little core team which i'm a part of and they recruited us and then since then we've been um, organizing events and also putting together zines
0: and why did you get involved at the sliced mango collective
1: yeah so i remember going in, in high school um i was surrounded by quite a, a few like filipino youth like we had a really strong Filipino community, but I have growing up as a second generation immigrant, I've always felt very disconnected from Filipino culture. Like I knew I was Filipino, I knew it was my roots, I have been to the Philippines a couple times, but I never felt like I was truly proud about being Filipino or that I could be like loud and proud about being Filipino, um, at least in Vancouver. And so it's just that sense of disconnection. Um, like my main experiences were in my high school or with my family, like those are the Filipinos I connected to. And so why I want to join slice mango was to be able to one be able to con- to um, connect with other Filipino youth and other Filip- just in general, other Filipino community members that I have not met and that are not my family. And to just build those relationships and allow myself to reconnect with my roots and my identity. And so I think that also speaks to the whole intention of Slice Mango is to hold space for Filipino youth to explore that themselves. And so that was really a big reason why I decided to decided to join um, is to create that space for Filipino youth to do the same.
0: I see. And what kind of events have you worked at or worked on at Slice Mango?
1: Mm-hmm. Um. It's been a little bit difficult because we launched during the pandemic, and so we knew that there was a really big oversaturation of online events, um, so we really just tried to keep it slow, um, to take it slow with our event planning, and so our first event wasn't until um, September of 2021, which was about a year from now. Um, where we planned our first in person event for youth to just connect with each other, kind of like an opportunity to mingle and to connect. Um, and we just, it was just a very nice casual space for Filipino youth to meet each other um, and talk about culture and their experiences, and also um, hopefully see the zine that we were about to launch at the time. Since then, we're still trying to figure out. Um, about what other events we want to put on within our capacities, um, and also um, how we might be able to best collaborate with other organizations as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And so what was the slice of support campaign?
1: Yes. so a question that we ask asked a lot is that, like, did we foresee or like like picture getting involved in that so early on? But the thing is, We actually launched in January 2021, um, and we were mainly focused on the zine. That was our primary project, and then, in march 2021 myself and other members of slice mango collective heard that there was a redevelopment proposal that would displace the filipino and chinese businesses that were in that block of the joyce collingwood area and so we reached out to other community members to see if there was any organizing work that was already being done and there were some talks and so we decided to collaborate and create a toolkit called like um, Slice of Support um, to be able to draw attention to the issue of the displacement of those businesses and Filipino livelihood. Um, and then it just blew up. <laughs> um, and so we never really launched with that intention, but it just fell into our lap and I guess it aligned really, really well. And so, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you have any personal connection to the Joyce Collingwood Food Hub?
1: Mm-hmm. I think before then it was more of a place that I knew I could always go to. I knew that there were Filipino grocery stores there, Filipino restaurants, and if I ever felt like I wanted Filipino food or to buy something from the grocery store, I knew I could go there if my mom wasn't available. Um, but I never had a personal experience growing up there, but a lot of our team members did. And so hearing about their stories about growing up in the neighborhood and being able to get food and just um, some of my friends who grew up in the neighborhood and went to Saint Mary's Church that was right beside all those businesses and how after they would just go and get some Filipino food after just hearing those stories really conveyed to me the importance of that place. And now since I do work in the neighborhood temporarily um, for my summer job at a uh, Collingwood neighborhood house, I've really come to understand my like. With my direct experience about the importance of those food hubs by going there for dinner um, and grabbing food, grabbing snacks, getting hollow hollow when it's super hot outside. Um, and yeah, so that is more of my experience throughout the past couple years.
0: And can you expand some more on what the slice of support toolkit looked like? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Um, when we were first creating the toolkit, we were thinking about what is the easiest way for us to get our community involved. Um, in my time in organizing or just in community work, I I feel like I haven't seen a lot of Filipinos get involved. And might, that might just be my experience. There might be a lot. There is some amazing organizing being done regarding um, the politics of ha- what's happening in the Philippines. But besides that, I haven't seen a lot myself. And so as a team, we were thinking about how can we make it really easy for folks to participate and how can we get the most momentum and so what we decided to do is create a toolkit with steps so step one was to was sharing some information about what was happening in the neighborhood a really brief summary of what the impacts would be um, and what that means and then the second part would was creating an email template where people can just insert their name maybe customize a little bit to their experience or their knowledge and then providing them the contacts to send their emails and to Vancouver City Council. And then the third option was to share and to tag and to invite other folks um, in their community to also spread the word and take action as well. And other aspects of it was creating hashtags, such as like snack of support, like getting community members to go visit the community and participate in the direct outreach that we were that um, was happening there with other members of the community who were talking to people, getting their feedback, um, getting their ideas that they want to um, share with the developer. Um, And so it was it ranged from email support to direct financial support to directly getting involved and giving their opinion and so very like a lot of different avenues for the Community and allies to get involved.
0: What was the extent of the response to the Slice of Support campaign?
1: It was crazy. <laughs> um, for the fr- I think that was most of our first experiences in doing direct community organizing, especially when it comes to like something that important and that big a scale. And so within the first 24 hours, we had over a thousand shares of our Instagram post. Um, and we were just completely shocked, and people were commenting, and people were messaging us, and then we we literally only launched, like, three months prior, and we were at, like, 200 followers, and then all of a sudden, we were at, like, a thousand followers, and it was absolutely crazy, so I I think that shows, like, the numbers in terms of how much the the campaign reached, but in terms of emails, we were um, hearing that, like from the city councillors and developer that there was like hundreds of emails being sent um, and really drew a lot of attention. We had some councillors reach out to us. We had news outlets reach out to us and we also had to try to navigate what it's like to um, participate in interviews, whether that be for articles or for the news. And so it was really a crazy 48 hours to just start off. And then after that, um, we started to do more in person engagements, and for the community to realize like, oh, maybe they didn't know, even though this is happening right in their neighborhood. Um, And then also just connecting with community members and strategizing, and then we ended up planning the town hall, um, where folks could listen more about stories and the impact. Um, But it was overall just crazy. And since then, Um, I believe that the developers have had to pull out the proposal and start from scratch so right now we're not really sure about if they're going to come back or what that looks like but after that campaign we effectively stopped what they were going to propose to city council in the first place, so I think it was very, very impactful.
0: Mm -hmm. It's very impressive, and so what do you think you guys did right, or what are some things that you think you guys did right that led to this outcome?
1: I think the number one thing we did right was reach out to community. I think when we first saw the news, we were sitting at a team meeting, thinking about how crazy this was, and how a place that we were so used to having, even though we might not be currently living in that neighborhood, how it could easily be taken away from us. Because um, if you go to the Joyce Collingwood neighborhood and you um, just exit the SkyTrain, you see all these huge like buildings now, you see so much construction and just to think that those few blocks could also um, be those big buildings now, it just it doesn't feel the same. And so when we were sitting down, we were really thinking like, wow, this sucks, like, what are the chances that we can even do anything. Um, And that's when um, we were talking and I proposed, maybe we can just reach out to see if anyone in the community is doing anything. Um, And it was Renfrew Collingwood Food Justice was gonna start doing some in-person consultations or community engagements that I was talking about earlier about asking community members for their feedback and hearing what they think about this development. Um, And so when we reached out, we kind of had like that point of contact and realizing that there is work to be done. And then at that point, we fostered a collaboration with them and with other folks in the community who were really passionate and it really just made everything easier like reflecting back like if we were thinking that we couldn't do anything as individuals or as a small group of people but then instead deciding that how about we reach out to community and create collective power i think that was really where we went right and is why that we were able to do something as big that something that blew up and was all over the news and that people were talking about because I feel like that hasn't happened in a while while within the Filipino community. So yeah, I think that's definitely one thing that I think was really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. And
0: going through the toolkit, I noticed that there were also translations. So can you walk us through how you guys decided which languages to translate into?
1: yes so translations were very difficult because in grassroots organizing most of the time you don't have any money (laughs) Um, so we really had to be creative we put out a call um, for people who had experience translating or would be interested in translating and so we decided that since the businesses that we were um, concerned about were mainly filipino Mainly Filipino, and there was one um, Chinese restaurant there. We decided to translate it to um, Tagalog, which was um, which is a primary Filipino language and Chinese. Um, for the approach with Tagalog, uh, we had one of our team members. She asked her her mom to ask her coworker um, to write out the translation and just like read out the toolkit and write out as best as they could. And then after that, we had someone in the community like look over it and like make any tweaks as necessary and then for the Chinese translation we actually had someone directly message us and be like hey if you're interested I can help you do this and then they got people that they knew would be interested and had experience with that to do that with them. And so it was just this collaborative Google Doc of people like simultaneously translating while the other one is doing it too, like talking about what might be the best word for that. So it was really a community effort and we would have not been able to provide translations if we didn't have community members be so generous and so willing to help us out.
0: Do you think the social media aspect um, of the Slice of Support campaign impacted the outcome?
1: absolutely um if we didn't have social media there wouldn't we wouldn't be able to reach like a thousand people with postering in 24 hours <laughs> it's just the the power of our getting our community to share and it's just like a constant chain reaction it was so 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 important and that email pressure like getting counselors and the developers to know that we see you like we are not just gonna let things happen, um, I think was really a factor of having that social media support. So definitely.
0: What kind of age dem- demographics did we see people getting organized around the Joyce Collingwood Food Hub?
1: I think the great thing about the slice of support is that we really engaged people of all ages. We had high schoolers interested we had adults bringing their kids to in person outreach um, we had like older folks our elder folks who were also um really involved um like Dr. Leonora Angeles from UBC um and so it was really very intergenerational from the level of organizing to outreach and just general attendance and that was in my experience my first time witnessing that, and it was really, really beautiful to see members of all ages come together. And so I think slice of support served as one of those, maybe not first, but one of the first opportunities for the Filipino community, at least maybe in that area to start um, doing intergenerational organizing. And I think as um, time goes by, and maybe we hear back that this developer is back with another proposal we'll see it again and see the momentum and making sure that what we want in our community is represented represented in what they offer for us. If that happens, though.
0: (laughs) What is the work currently being done at Sliced Mango Collective?
1: Yeah, so definitely after that campaign, we were kind of thrown in a loop of We were initially an arts collective (laughs) thrown into community organizing and advocacy. And now what's next? Um, It's kind of hard to say because we're involved in like tiny little projects or have things in the works. But I think for Slice Slice Mango right now, we really want to go back to our original intentions, which was to build community through art and culture, especially for Filipino youth. Um, And so we do have a zine on body image, which we'll be releasing um, this upcoming winter that we had some really amazing community contributors um, participate in. And then we also do hope to host more in-person events as we're transitioning into more of that instead of virtual and hopefully some fundraisers. So we've really only been launched as an organization for about a year and a half. And it has definitely been a crazy journey, so right now we're just catching our bearings and focusing on art and culture and trying to bring that into our events, fundraisers and future issues of our zines.
0: All right, so let's talk about your work at um, the Peer-to-Peer Summer Program at Collingwood Neighbourhood House. So what do you do there?
1: Okay, just to preface this, this is a summer job, (laughs) but it feels like I've already been there forever in a good way. So I applied to work with the peer to peer um, program in the summer because I wanted to work with a lot of like Filipino youth and I know that within that neighborhood it's a lot of them. And so within the peer to peer program it's really focused on health and wellness. And so we offer a variety of summer programming. I can't really speak to the regular school year programming because I've only been here for a month or a bit, um, but we have different programming throughout the week. Um, some of them are focused on holding safe space for queer youth um, to be able to connect with each other and learn about queer history and identity and have mentors. Um, We also have some programming called Wellness Wednesday, where youth are given the opportunity to learn about a variety of topics like mental health, body image, and self-care. And then we also just in general offer opportunities for the youth to connect with each other over um, different topics and different activities. And we always do fun stuff like movie nights, game nights, sometimes. Um, We even like cook together and so my summer has really just been filled with connecting with all these youth which are majority Filipino um, and just getting a chance to build meaningful relationships and so my summer has been really awesome Um, but yeah that's basically um, an overview of what I do.
0: Can you speak a little more about the impact of the peer-to-peer summer program on youth in the area?
1: Yeah definitely. So at least a little bit of a precursor. Um, I, when I was growing up, I always wished I had this programming. I think for me, a big barrier to having like a super fun summer or being able to do things is money. (laughs) Um, And so when summer camps might be expensive or they're far, or it's just not what you're interested in, it can be really hard to socialize and have like a summer where you feel like very like you feel like you have all your needs met, like social needs, um, like you're learning and you're making new friends. Um, and so I really think the impact of this program is providing an opportunity for youth to be able to connect with others and be engaged during the summer. Vancouver is such an expensive city. Like to hang out with your friends you have to go out to eat you have to pay for that you have to tip like there's taxes like and not all of these youth have summer jobs um and so that's a real barrier and so just having a space where they can hang out for like four hours and learn and make new friends um is so so impactful and i think programs like this really need to like get more funding and be more supported because not all youth can like go to um, Mexico with their family and have like a two-week summer vacation or participate in a really prestigious summer camp or whatever so like programs like this like there is a membership fee for youth but it's like ten dollars for the entire year like programs like that are really, really important for those in the neighborhood who just need an opportunity to connect and explore themselves and um, just overall grow.
0: So what are some takeaways you'll have by the end of the summer program?
1: Takeaways, um, I think, is that like, our future is in great hands. <laughs> I think these youth are really inspiring and amazing. Um, And then more of a takeaway for myself, but a general reflection is that, again, we need more of these programs (laughs) um, to be able to provide more opportunities for youth um, and for them to just be able to grow even more.
0: So how can Filipino youth get involved in the Vancouver Filipino community?
1: Yes, so the main thing I would recommend is following Sliced Mango on Instagram. We do post opportunities there, not only on our feed, but for stories, because there are other general Filipino organizations, they might not be youth, um, that also have general ways that they can get involved or um, just attend events and engagements. Um, in terms of specifically the Joyce Collingwood area, um, Yes, join the peer-to-peer program at Collingwood Neighborhood House. I think during the school year, they more focus on um, like professional and personal development within the peer-to-peer program. So I think a lot of Filipino youth um, can grow their skills there. But we also have um, Sliced Mango is a part of the Joy Street Action Network and that people are more interested about um, specifically that area and about the cultural food hub and also about things like affordable housing. I think that's a great avenue that Filipino youth can get involved. We have an Instagram and so they can follow and see if there might be any opportunities coming up. Um, we, we, they recently had um, the town hall a couple months ago or last month, um, and so things like that might come up and then youth can attend those and then chat and get connected.
0: You just heard an interview with Giselle Rafal, events coordinator and campaign lead at Sliced Mango Collective. Thank you for listening to this episode, which was made possible by the Chan Family Foundation's generous support. If you have an idea for an episode of the ACAM podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Send us your ideas by emailing us at acam.program at ubc.ca To be notified when the next podcast episode is released and to stay up to date on all things ACAM, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at UBCACAM and like us on Facebook at Asian Canadian Asian Migration Studies UBC.